0: come alive with pastor mark martinez we well if i just had
1: a little bit more money oh really you think money's gonna handle that problem well yeah because i owe this much money well yeah you're gonna pay that and you're gonna be out of money again now where are you at uh oh, same place really The money didn't take care of it. Who's going to take care of it? But we tend to place our trust and hope in things. I've discovered that God is the author of my one assistance. He assists me. He helps me.
0: rely on the things of this world to get us through tomorrow. Although God's way may often seem slow to us, it is always the better way. As the world surrounds God's people, threatening and intimidating them, God uses Saul to rise up and defeat the enemies of God's people. Don't fall for the deception of only viewing things from a physical, material perspective. God's perspective will bring us peace. We are meant to depend on Him, and why not? He's the only one who truly satisfies in any way. In today's message, Pastor Mark will remind us to turn to God with a full heart of surrender and trust in the midst of challenges. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 11 with today's edition of Come Alive. Jesus
1: tells a guy, hey, you follow me. He says, no, i got to wait till my dad's dead. Jesus says, let the dad bury the dead. It's not about rushing. It's not about quick. It's about him. And, And so quick decisions are never good decisions. You never see him rushing. And the third thing they do is they assess the alternatives. You know, they assess these alternatives here. Because you have to think, why are you going where you're going? You know, you and I, when we run into a bad situation and we start to take things into our own hands, you know, here's a good question that somebody told me a long time ago to always ask yourself. When you, when you figure out what you've got to do, then you need to ask another question. Why am I doing what I'm going to do? And... Where am I going to go with it? Why are you going where you're going with this decision? Why are you going there? And then, could it hurt somebody around me? Could it hurt my family? Can it hurt me? Will it enslave me to someone? Will I owe them something? In my own family, somebody has done that and wound up having a thumb put on their head and treated like a pawn and just lost a friendship because of it. Because they made a quick bad decision. So no really sit back and ask why am I reaping this problem? Why am I reaping the problem that I'm having today? This thing, this issue. Why is it happening? Was it something I did in my past that I made? And I guarantee, when you look back, if you have a problem today or an issue, you look back and you're like, oh, I should have done the other thing. I should have done the right thing. I didn't take it to the Lord. Oh, I didn't know the Lord then. Hey, bro, then let me just tell you, you got to deal with that consequence. You just got to deal with it when it comes to the door. Could it be you have been doing things your way? When you think about it, even Christians, men are guilty of doing this. We do things our way, willing to compromise, placing trust and hope in men and in things. Well, if I just had a little bit more money, oh, no, really? You think money's going to handle that problem? Well, yeah, because I owe this much money. Well, yeah, you're going to pay that and you're going to be out of money again. Now, where are you at? Oh, I'm at the same place. Really? So, money didn't take care of it. Who's going to take care of it? We tend to place our trust and hope in things. I've discovered that God is the author of my one assistance. He assists me. He helps me. Oh, when I'm in need, he helps me. And he rescued me. And if he rescues me once, he can rescue me twice. He might let me soak a little. He calls Peter to himself. He allowed Peter to almost drown. And I wonder if Peter didn't say, Lord, save me, if he'd have let Peter drown. And you might be like, oh, no, not Jesus. He's a nice guy. Well, isn't heaven better than earth any day of the week? We we all say we believe it, but we just don't like it. We believe it, but we don't like it. I mean, if we're real, just straight up and honest. See, here's what God's going to allow you to do. Know this. If you're taking notes, write this down. God will allow you to exhaust all human avenues. He's going to say, okay, cool, man. I'm going to sit back. I, I let my son do it. Dad, uh, this is what? No, you need to do it. No, I got this. Okay, cool. Go for it. And it never gets done. I don't know why I'm in trouble now. Well, I tried to help you. And we sit down and we reason as much as a six-year-old can reason or a four-year-old, my daughter, and and talk it out. Say, hey, this is why. Do you see why that happened? Yeah. It's kind of like taking one bite out of an apple. I don't want to eat it. It's brown. Well, you need to eat that whole thing when you start biting on it, bro. Instead of letting it sit for two days and finding it in your room somewhere. And be like, well, I don't want to eat it now. What happened to my apple, Dad? What did you do to it? It's spoiled, buddy. You let it sit too long. Let it sit too long. So we get to exhaust all human avenues until I discover that God alone will meet my need. And again... Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, yeah, but, hey, man, my need's today, and it ain't happening. Again, not your timing, but his timing. You might try calling your parents for help, and I think sometimes God allows other people in your life to help you out. Because I've had people call the church, and we try to help you out as well in this way. Sometimes people call the church, and not that I know, and they'll get the answering machine, I'll hear a message. Or I leave my iPhone. I don't take my iPhone with me everywhere. Uh, I I have a job, and so I work that job, and I devote a certain amount of time to that job, and I devote a certain amount of time to this church. And so I leave that iPhone when I see it ringing sometimes, or I come back in and I see that I've missed a phone call, the same call, four or five or six different times. I'm like, wow. And so I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't know what's going on, but obviously they need to really depend upon you more than me. So I'm not going to call them back for a little bit. And sometimes he allows the battery to die. And I'll click it on, like, oh man, that was two days ago when that call came through, or two hours ago. But there's no answer. So you call your parents, and there's no answer. And you call your pastor, and there's no answer. And you call the church, and there's no answer. And yet, we sit there, and we claim, oh, God's all powerful. He can do everything. But I, I need this other person right here, right now. And you begin to freak out, but God is like, bro, I need to be the first place you turn. I need to be the first place you turn, Mark, when things aren't going right. You don't need to turn to your banker because he wasn't available. You don't need to turn to your pastor. You don't need to turn to another Christian brother or sister. You just need to turn to God. And when he shows up, he shows up. But he wants you to be 100% fully trusting him. And so sometimes they need this time. But why would their enemy let them have this time? Why would their enemy here let them have this time? Well, in Judges 19 through 21, chapters 19 through 21, you can read it as homework. There was a time when someone else was in need and they called out to all the tribes of Israel, please come help us, we need help. All the tribes responded as one man, except Jabesh Gilead. They didn't respond. And Nahash knows this. Being a smart warrior, you tend to know things. You tend to find out things about your enemy. Anybody that's ever read a book on warfare, The Art of War is a great book to read. If you're in business, take those principles in warfare and use them for business. But it says know your enemy. In my BC days I had a lot of enemies in them. I would take pictures, I'd have friends taking pictures of them at different parties, and they didn't know that they were my friends, and I'd have them take pictures of them having fun, I'd have them taking pictures of them really mad and angry, I'd have them take pictures, and I'd have these pictures up on my wall. And whoever I was going after in that time, I would just look at those pictures every day. And I knew that person's emotions, and I knew what buttons to push and what made them happy. I knew my enemy. I knew my enemy. So Nahash knows his enemy. And so all the tribes respond as one man except for Jabesh Gilead. Nahash, they say, he's he's sitting there and it'd be like him saying, hey, you can send all your emails and all the silly chain letters out to all that you can think of because when you didn't help these guys, when you didn't help your brothers and sisters, I'm sure they're not going to help you. And I'm hoping and banking that they're not going to do anything. I'm hoping and banking that they're going to pay you back. And now you think that that's the way this could turn. Why would somebody help somebody that didn't help someone else? And we see God being so merciful and assisting them. And you and I can learn a lesson from this. Maybe you were in a place to help someone and you didn't. Maybe you were in a place to do something to serve in some place and you didn't. Because, well, man, you know, I just don't get that much time off and this couch is comfortable. This food is good. You know, lunch, I'm starving. And after church, I, I, I'm a hungry boy. I got to eat. And, you know, these guys are going to go do this stuff. But, you know, food will be there. There isn't anyone in here that looks like they're malnourished. <laughs> but, I mean, like all of us, you know, I mean, think about it. No, no we're not going to die. I've gone without food for two full days. De- well, 25 total, but recently two full days. Two full days, I ate dinner, but I went the whole day without food. And I was like, man, you know, I was hungry, but I was still able to function. I was a little grumpy, but I was a, I was a functionable man. And I got home and ate. The next morning, same thing happened. Got up, forgot to take my banana and my fruit with me. Hung out in my office all day, started looking at dog food. Like, man, that'd be pretty good. wonder what that tastes like. I survived. I survived. But, you know, maybe that's where you've been. You know, I'm not talking about just, you know, sometimes people just like, okay, here, cool, I'm going to throw some money at the situation. That's maybe not what God's calling you to do, but really helping, spending time, helping out, and you didn't. And God came through for you, and then another opportunity comes for you to minister or to help out, and you neglect it. Well, then don't be surprised when God's assistance comes a little slower. Now, I'm not saying you do things so God to do things for you. That's not the relationship that we have. But sometimes God's like, hey, you know what? These other people are helping. They're doing, I'm going to bless that over there. And you're okay. You'll be fine. I'm just going to teach you a little lesson. And I've learned that lesson when I'm like, oh, I don't want to help out. I don't want to rake leaves and help the youth kids do this stuff. I'm just going to kick it around the house. And all of a sudden, oh, Lord, I need help. You know, it would be cool if the youth could come over here and or somebody. And he's like, hey, man, they're busy doing something else, serving someone else. I'll get them there when they need to get there. The Holy Spirit will always, always point to Jesus. And see, here's what we need to learn. When you and I learn we are here to meet one another's needs. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know, you're here to meet that person's need." And think about it. He points to Jesus in that way because we're called to be Christ-like, and Jesus met people's needs. Maybe not the way they wanted them to be met all the time, but he came and he talked and he hung out and he healed and he set them free. And so, again, God wants to work through your life and touch the needs of others And, you know, you'll not be spiritual or godly unless you've got the interests of others on your mind the way Christ did. You know, we want to be spiritual. You say, yeah, I'd like to be more spiritual. Well, do you have the interests and needs of other people on your mind or, or in your bad situation, is it just all about you right now? Because if that's the case then my definition of a bad situation should apply for me and I can be all about me and forget you, bro. And then this group can be like, well, we got a problem over here and I'm going to be all about me and so forget you guys and then now we're split again and now everybody's just serving themselves. Even in your bad situation, you should have the needs of others on your mind, willing to serve, willing to spend that time not just to throw money at the situation. That's easy. And we know, we just talked about how fast money goes. See, the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. And when we look at his life, we see that he is always other people focused. Focused on other people. Getting people in touch with God. Look at verse 4. So the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. Now there was Saul coming behind the herd from the field, and Saul said, What troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. Now think about that. Here's Saul. He hears the news. The Holy Spirit comes upon him, and he gets mad. The Holy Spirit... You mean God? And what happened? The Spirit of God comes upon Saul, and the fruit of that is anger. Anger. I thought God was a loving God. I I thought God was loving and and merciful and caring, and he he should make a, a peace treaty with the Amorites. If he's a God of love, that's what should happen. That's that weird Christianity. That's that weird thinking. God the Father is perfect, and so is his love. His love is perfect, and his hate is perfect. And God is able to hate perfectly as much as he's able to love perfectly. And so if he can have perfect peace, he can also be angry perfectly. And Jesus does the same. Remember, he walks into the temple, and he sees these guys, and they're selling stuff for a profit. And what's he do? He starts flipping tables. And he's like, he's angry, he turns over their stands. And if you spend too much time in Sunday school and not enough time in the Word, or too much time just sitting in a church and not enough time in the Word, then you're going to miss the real Jesus. You're going to miss the real God. And so, you know, the same way, you know, we, we tend, if we spend too much time in Sunday school classes, we tend to see Jesus as like Mr. Rogers or that freaky kid from Blue's Clues. You know, the one that's got the big pad and, oh, let's go over here. And he's so kind and so nice. I mean, it's like, man, I'd I'd love to have that guy as a neighbor. Hey, can I mow your lawn? Sure, come over and mow the lawn and, and clean up after the dogs when you're done in the backyard too. Okay, I'd love to do that. I mean, that's just weird if we have that thought that that's how we're supposed to be is Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. I mean, I'm sure he was a nice guy. But the TV version of those guys. The TV version. See, Jesus has this righteous indignation. Saul has a righteous indignation. God gets a righteous indignation when these things start to happen. And so Jesus, he flows through the temple turning over tables. If Jesus was Mr. Rogers, he'd be like, yeah, think about it. Who would crucify the Blues Clues kid? What's he done wrong? You don't crucify that type of person. You don't crucify a Mr. Rogers. Back in that day, you crucified the radical, the guy who caused waves. The kind of guy that was crucified was the one that got in your face, called you a hypocrite in a whitewashed tomb. That's the guy that you would crucify. Those who took a bold stand for the truth and what is right. You didn't crucify the super nice guy. And so those who got in your face about your hypocritical lifestyle I see the Rogers and the Kid from Blues clues, you know, they're, they're, they may make great religious leaders, but if they were whitewashed tombs, Jesus would have called them a whitewashed tomb. He would have called them out. And if you want to love like Jesus, be like Jesus and minister like Jesus, then, really, can you? Can you get in someone's face? Can you call them out? Can you be radical? Are you going to be, oh, bro, it's all right. It's, that's cool if you're living that lifestyle. Wow, we love you anyway. There's Nothing wrong with loving them. Anger, righteous indignation. Hmm. Turn with me to Ephesians 4, and we'll read that in context. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. It says, therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. Truth with his neighbor. Underline that, truth. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And so, verse 26, cannot be taken without verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. And be angry and do not sin. And so here, we see what this talked about. These verses go together. Well, we have a responsibility to one another to speak the truth, and we have to speak the truth in love. Love has to be there. We have to speak that truth in love. But that's not to say that love will not feel a certain element of frustration. And if you feel, if you have that love for your neighbor, for your Christian brother or sister, and they're blowing it in anger, well, sometimes that frustration, well, it will move to fuel or action. It will move to fuel or action. So I get frustrated, and then I either do something to change the thing I'm frustrated about. Lord, I can go to the Lord and prayer. Lord, change me. And if the Lord says, well, you know, this is righteous. It's a righteous anger. It's a righteous frustration. You're upset. If I don't like something, who's going to make a change? So I'm fueled to maybe write a letter. Maybe I'm fueled to write a letter and say, hey, you know, I can't believe this whole Roe versus Wade thing. I can't believe this whole abortion issue. I can't believe we're still allowing it, knowing what we know today. So I'm going to write a letter. It might fuel me to write a letter or send a fax or bug them with emails. So that fuel moves me. So I can't believe you voted that way if I'm writing to a political leader. It's fuel that moves me to sign a petition to say stop the craziness. It's fuel that drives me to pray about that thing and then do something about it. Instead of just sitting there and going, man, I'm really frustrated. And it continues to frustrate me. How many Christians just sit around and do nothing about everything? And then we have the nerve to go, oh, yeah, it's the word. I hate, I hate what's going on out there. It's kind of like the Christian who doesn't vote, and he wants to complain about the, the policies and the politics, and it's like, did you vote? No? Then, you know what? Shh, close your mouth. You have no right. You didn't help the situation. Well, my vote wouldn't count. Yeah, but if a thousand of you that say that would just vote, it could switch the situation. But we don't. We just want to sit around and whine. We just want to whine. So it's that fuel that drives me to pray about that thing and then do something about it. To pray and then do something about it. See, we're not called to be so passive that we see something that goes against God and do nothing. And that's the problem, I think, with Christianity and the church today is a lot of the church sees something and they do nothing. And we're, oh, I just want to be up, you know, I just want to be cool. I don't want to make any waves. Really? And you're called to be Christ-like and did he make a wave or two? He He was crucified. Remember, he's causing all these problems when they would go and complain against him. Paul, he caused some problems by preaching the gospel, and he got beat up a couple of times. Well, I don't want to get beat up. And so you can pray. You can go to God, and you can do something, or you can pray and do nothing and continue to do nothing. Because sometimes we pray, well, I prayed. Good, now call someone else and tell them to pray about that situation. And when they finish, have that person say, hey, when you finish praying about that situation, why don't you call two people and have them pray about that situation? And and then pretty soon, when, when it starts to bother all you and your friends, and then, hey, let's get together and do something about this. Well, what can we do? Well, we start with prayer, maybe the Lord will show you
0: something else. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel, Katy. We are a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.